1: Nicholas Pesk was heavily influenced by horror films of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Known for his dark comedic style, movies like Eyes of My Mother and Piercing were made with particular audiences in mind. Based on the novel by Japanese author Ryu Murakami, the story follows a man who kisses his wife and newborn baby goodbye, then goes off to work and through with his plan to kill a stranger in a hotel. The film stars Christopher Abbott and Maya Wachowski. In this exclusive interview the young director talks about making indie films with a particular audience making cheap shorts to showcase style staging movies with miniatures and taking advantage of the freedoms of filmmaking the print interview of this conversation is also available on creative screenwriting magazine's website and make sure to also follow us on our new youtube channel which dissects new films series and more
0: I grew up in, um, right outside of New York city. And, um, I always loved movies and, um, I don't know, I guess I, yeah, I just always wanted to be a filmmaker and my parents were super supportive of it. And I went to NYU film school. Um, and after that I directed music videos and then, yeah, while I was directing music videos, I met the the guys in Borderline Films, Josh Mond, Antonio Campos, and Sean Durkin, and they kind they helped me put together my first two movies.
1: What were those early influences? You seem to kind of be in the in the horror genre. What were what kind of movies were you into originally?
0: I mean, I grew up watching. I like as a kid, I was way too. I was like way too scared to watch contemporary horror movies or contemporary to like when I was growing up. And um, I, but I loved retro horror movies. So like 1950s, 60s, 70s. um, And I was, I was obsessed with it. And like, I loved Twilight Zone and all the William Castle movies and uh, and then like 70s, 70s horror was always kind of like my sweet spot and I loved it so much and um and I and as I grew up I started realizing like you know seeing what the genre stuff was in other cultures not only like presently but in the past and I discovered uh, Italian giallo movies, which is like the Italian genre stuff of the '70s, and and really fell in love with it, and that's very much where where Piercing comes out of.
1: What's kind of before we move to the newest one? Um, so you went to film school, but what? How did you kind of get that first film made? Was it just that the, the people you worked with loved the story or stood behind your work? Were there any shorts involved? How did that The Eyes of My Mother come about?
0: I um, I was working. With Josh Mond on his movie, James White, they, uh, they had been looking for someone to help uh, the, the editor couldn't start for a couple of months. And they were looking for someone to help the director, Josh um, kind of like go through the footage and start messing around with the movie. So that's how I met Josh. And I became friends with those guys um, who were, you know, established indie filmmakers and, eventually you know they were like do you have a movie that you're trying to make and um and so I you know I kind of had like the the spark of pieces of eyes of my mother forming in my head more just kind of images um and and but they asked me if I wanted to make a movie and I said yes and basically it was like They said to me, if I could figure out how to make a movie as cheaply as humanly possible, it would be way easier to make something that was closer to what I wanted to make. Um, And, you know, I think that, and so, you know, that talk is cheap. And uh, I, but I went and made a short um, for like, no money for like, literally I spent money on pizza for the cast and crew. And um, I made what ended up, we reshot it for the movie, but it's the, it's the scene from the movie when the guy that she's been keeping in her barn tries to escape. Um, And so we shot that scene for no money and was kind of like, this is what I could do with $0 If you just give me a little bit of money, I can make the movie. And um, I was definitely like, you know, I had been directing music videos. So I was like, the short form was like very, very much what I was like doing at that time. So I made this short um, and the producers were like, oh, this is cool. And the guy, Max Born, who had invested in their previous movies, Um, he and I had become friends and he said that he would finance eyes and, and we were off and it was kind of, you know, I, I always like, I went into the movie kind of feeling like this movie is so weird and artsy and esoteric that like, no one's ever going to watch this. And there's something kind of like beautiful in that mindset that let me feel like a lot of freedom. And then when it like got into Sundance and people actually liked it, I was shocked.
1: (laughs) If you were to give advice to someone who wants to make their first short, I mean, obviously they want like a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, but is style the most important factor? Like what's kind of the main thing you it to present with the short?
0: I mean, I think that it depends. It depends who you are as a filmmaker and like what what your focus is. You know, I knew that for me, the kind of intriguing thing about Eyes of My Mother was... I always kind of saw it as like taking what would normally be a really, really lowbrow idea, something that's just like a really violent, like almost slasher movie, like nearing torture porn, but you, but you make it like it's really, really, really highbrow. And, um, and so the thing that I was sort of bringing, you know, with eyes of my mother, the story or lack thereof, isn't um, isn't necessarily the the drawing point to it. It is sort of the style of it that really is what I think makes it so unique. Like the style and the tone, and and so with the short, I was very much trying to showcase that. Um, like that was kind of like the key selling point for the movie, the atmosphere and the tone. So I so that's what I chose to lean into in the short and the short doesn't really reveal too much story, but it does reveal a lot about the the mood of the piece. And I think for me, that was important, but I think that if, if you're doing something where like, it's all about the story and it is less about the feel and the tone, I think that you want to showcase like that, you know, whatever is the selling point of the piece, um, you know, for me, it just happened to be, yeah, the style and the vibe of it all.
1: So your new film, Piercing, is an adaptation from a Japanese novel that came out in the in the nineties. How did you get involved with this and how did you kind of start to form that into a script?
0: I had started reading uh Piercing when I was making Eyes of My Mother, and I really loved I really loved the book. It's very much like a Japanese author poking fun at the like Western psychosexual thriller, like basic instinct sort of movies. And it, um, it uses a lot of like classic thriller tropes, but then like flips them on their head and like uses expectations against the audience. And I thought it was really, it was just a, a really cool book, a fun book. And it felt like a really great way for me to, get to, you know, make a movie about the, like, dark subject matter that is very much in my wheelhouse, but also get to do it in a way that was a little bit more fun. Like, I think Eyes of My Mother is so specific and bleak and intense, and I wanted to show another side of myself that was, like, a lot more playful. Um, still dark, but but definitely more playful. Um, and so... The the producers of Eyes, my mother, helped me get the rights to the book, and then while I was doing the festival tour for Eyes, I was writing the adaptation, and then we made it pr- pretty quickly. After we made it, like a year after we made Eyes, um, and and yeah, and it was fun to kind of just get to do something, get to do something different, and and pay homage to a whole like new set of movies and, uh, and like incorporate a lot of like, the, the like awesome, like Japanese, South Korean sense of humor that a lot of like filmmakers like Takashi Miike and chan Park and Bong Joon-ho, they have such a great handle on like this kind of weird, dark sense of humor. And, um, I wanted to play with that and, and that's very much where Pearson came from.
1: So you were you're between projects. Were you looking for something? Or or do you kind of just absorb as much as you can and then you kind of got attached that way? Like, were you looking for your next project or was it more of a coincidence?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm like perpetually thinking about what's next and I'm someone who doesn't like to sit idle. <laughs> I don't like not working. Um, so, you know, and... I kind of also felt like if when I was making eyes, you know, best case scenario, if people like this, I want to know what I want to do next so that I could do it as quickly as possible. Because a lot of making movies to me feels like you're like a kid who stole like your parents car and it's just a matter of time before you get caught. But I'm going to try to get as far as I can while I can still get away with it. It
1: definitely seems like if you look at your your resume, like you're, you're definitely getting bigger responsibilities and bigger budgets uh, slowly. I read an article in Variety that said, did you map out some of the shots with miniatures? What, what was that like? Is that part of your process?
0: Yeah, so I always, like, I very, very meticulously plan all my movies and, you know, not... Uh, on an indie movie, you'd like totally don't have enough money to storyboard. And, um, I fancy myself, uh, a fine drawer, but I can't draw fast enough to storyboard a whole movie in prep. And so when we did my first movie, we used stand-ins. We were only shooting them on location. So we like used stand-ins and just took stills with like a, with a still camera of every shot and then edited them together and like watched the movie. Um, but with, piercing we the it was all going to be on sets and the sets weren't built yet so i built miniatures of the sets out of like foam core um and and then like with dolls and stuff literally shot the whole movie in miniature and then cut it together with you know with dialogue and music and tried to make like Tried to make as much of the movie as possible before ever making the movie and seeing, you know, oh, this scene doesn't work how I thought it would, or actually maybe there's a better way to do this. And then also used it as like every crew member watched that version of the movie. And it was such a great way for them to get in my head and to kind of see how I saw the movie before we ever made it.
1: That's interesting. It's kind of like you're like a practice run. With a film like this, how did you set the tone early in the film? How did you know, you know, that it's you want it to present as a dark comedy slash kind of a horror? How did you get that out there right away?
0: I mean, it's a really the, that was one of the the trickiest things for the movie, you know, especially because the movie opens with a pretty dark moment, and and it takes a couple minutes for you to realize what the tone is. Um, and you know, there's a moment where Reed's baby looks at him and speaks. And I always say like, if the audience laughs at that, we have them. And it was always like, uh, a goal to try to, you know, we needed the audience to know what this movie was within the first five minutes so that they weren't just like totally lost. And, and it is, it it is tricky because you don't want to make it feel silly and, and undermine the filmmaking but figuring out a way to make such dark stuff playful. You know, a lot of it is baked into the tone of the book. Um, but, um, a lot of it, a lot of it just came from, you know, trial and error and the music does a lot and, uh, playing with performance and getting the tone of that, right. You know, Every moment in this movie is like a very delicate tonal balance, and uh, that's part of what the fun of it was.
1: Now, something like that, where you're on a limited budget, did you show this to test audiences? Is that something you might have had to cut if it didn't go well? What were your thoughts there?
0: Um, The you know, on an indie movie, you you don't test it, um, which is great because I think that if I tested either of my first two movies they would test horribly because they're not for everyone you know and I think that to put them in front of like an audience of you know regular people um, it's I'm not making it I'm not making the stuff for that audience and I think it's more for me about like people know what they like and if you know they the trailer is a great representation of this movie, and if they you know if they see a glimmer of something that checks up one of their boxes, hopefully they'll come and see it and love it um but you know I think the beauty of indie movies is that you don't have to test them and and you kind of just get to do the your wildest dreams and and if it works, it's great, and if it doesn't you you fail by your own hands, but at least it's that's better than the other, the alternative.
1: So this movie uh, is kind of a chess match between these characters. Were all these things in the, in the novel, or do you kind of come up with some character traits on your own and add those in as well?
0: A lot of it is baked into the novel. I mean, as far as the chess match goes, it is all baked. That is the novel. Um, You know, the kind of bizarre, very ambiguous cat and mouse game um, that's the whole driving force of the book. And, and I think, you know, that's what the fun of it is. And I think with adapting it into a movie, it becomes, the challenge becomes like hoping that you have two great actors, which fortunately we did that can like handle the chemistry of that interplay. Cause that's what the whole thing is.
1: So it seems like, you know, with so many reboots and remakes out now, I realize it's an adaptation, but it, it does feel very original. Um, for someone trying to make a film like this, would you just kind of tell them to make it as, you know, quirky or as eccentric as they can, or, or what other advice might you have to get something like this made?
0: I think that if you're fortunate enough to have investors who give you creative freedom, you should get away with as much as you can possibly get away with because you don't get to do that forever. Like um, I feel lucky that I got two movies where I got to do that, and there's plenty of filmmakers who never get to do that, and that's a really fortunate thing and if you find yourself in a position where you have freedom, like go crazy because you're never gonna you you're not always gonna get to do that um and And you want to show people what you have in you, I think, Um, you know, people don't know what you're capable of until they see it. So I think you have to take advantage of the opportunities and be bold. And, and, you know, the beauty of indie movies is that like no one's, no one's audacious enough to think that they're going to become like rich off of being an indie financier these days. And I think a lot of the people who do that are, are in it for the love of, of movies and almost being a patron of the arts and like the beauty of indie movies that it is, it is your place to do what only you can, because on the big franchise stuff, you get to bring a lot of yourself to it, but it's not like making something where it's like, I'm going to do this weird thing, even if no one else likes it but me, but it's my movie and I have Final Cut, so I'm going to do it. And and then you realize, like, hey, people did like it. I was right. Or if people hated it I was wrong. But, you know, there's a, there's a beauty in that freedom and you have to take advantage of it when you have it because you don't always get it.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook, How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live, Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.